0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction, the only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian-scientist come together to discuss science, comedically.
1: Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 675, Science Faction, The Bottleneck versus The Cancer. The Bottleneck
0: versus The Cancer? This, this sounds like a French film. Or something. Le bottleneck or like an old. Um, you better hope that he gets stabbed with a rusty bottleneck before kids get him. Like an old, like uh, like a mob, like Sicilian wise tale, or like a saying motto. Yeah, that
1: definitely sounded like a Sicilian dude for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not. If I went to Sicily, they obviously would say I'm an American. But because I'm an American Italian, I have to act like I came from Sicily yesterday. So. <laughs>
1: And speaking of the guy who came from Sicily yesterday, I of course have your host, comedian archaeologist, Robert Timothy. With me is somebody who could barely call himself a Corsican, none other than our comedian, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon?
0: I wouldn't wouldn't even wouldn't wouldn't attempt to steal Corsican uh, honor. Alright, Bobby, I'm not,
1: i don't want to be called out by some dude with an accent. <laughs> One day
0: as I'm calling myself a Corsican. <laughs> really, what port you from? Really, what's your port? What's your port of call, homie?
1: Oh, and if you don't know your own port of call, go ahead and find it on our Patreon. You can search Robert Timothy on Patreon for four extra science articles every single week. And if you were looking for another
0: podcast, to listen to check out Awful Neutral. We are a, uh, it is a comedy Dungeons and Dragons podcast. It's kind of like it's, it, it does to Dungeons and Dragons what this podcast does to science articles. We're there to make you laugh. And we have some of San Diego's funniest people on the cast, so uh, come join us, Awful Neutral. We play a bunch of different fucking games.
1: Yeah, duh, it's morally indefensible for sure, but if you're one of those people who have like absolutely no moral boundaries, then yeah, go ahead. Go uh, check out that Dungeons & Dragons thing. But for now, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is is science articles All right, article number 1, when all the humans almost died.
0: When all the humans almost died. Is this like a like a like an independence day thing and then Bill Pullman's speech for united the world on this day.
1: It was going to be a Bob Dylan song. Uh <laughs> I'm like see that's even better. Like that's more optimistic. See,
0: I assumed we could only come together under threat of existential force of existential threat. You implied that we could all just realize through through the magic of song that the world could be better.
1: Or maybe it was it was the first version of Don McLean's The Day the Music Died. It was like just the day everyone died, and they're like, Hey, you know what? Let's just let's specify this a little bit more. This is too broad, Don.
0: Uh, Hey, Don, um, we think your song's kind of a bummer, but maybe it could be kind of a fun, you know, sad wistful if it was the music, like something more representative of humanity.
1: Uh dear so this is a super interesting story you've probably heard about it we're going to talk about some of the legitimacy of it some of the bsness of it but it's an interesting story about a possible newly discovered human genetic bottleneck almost a million years ago so this is be- before our own species this is a progenitor species by the way progenitor species not only of us but of Neanderthals and Denisovans and stuff, it's before we split off from them. And so this would be kind of our our grandfather species that would either be kind of the Homo heidelbergensis s species, which we think gave rise to all of those groups, Homo sapiens, Neanderthals, Denisovans, uh, or maybe even a, a species before that, maybe even some form of, of late erectus. But regardless, this is a very, very long time ago, likely confined to Africa, though, as we've talked about on this show, it could also be Western Asia, but most likely contained to Africa. And this is something that is found completely within DNA studies. So this isn't like we've gone off and looked at some cataclysmic event that happened a million years ago. This is looking at DNA studies. And by the way, it's DNA studies in modern populations. So there's a lot of reasons to be skeptical of these findings, but let's look at what they found regardless.
0: Now, um, I know of genetic bottlenecks primarily from this show and listening to you, Bobby. Sure. And you've just you've said that, uh, for example, the cheetah, uh, and um, yeah. And I want to say you said That's maybe the example. elephant seal. Like you've named a few animals yeah. that uh, don't have a great long term. Uh, the, the 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 prognosis isn't great for their long term yeah. success because of this gentle, uh, genetic bottleneck. Does that mean? that the apocalypse of all like the 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 upcoming nuclear apocalypse then could be blamed on this genetic bottleneck that happened several million years ago because it doomed our species we had no hope right then and there we became so inbred at a certain point because of genetic diversity that we had no choice but to nuke ourselves into oblivion
1: no but it may cause another bottleneck when it kills everybody. Out there, whereas I sit in my comfy nuclear bunker, waiting for the rest of you to get wiped out, uh, like Nick Offerman and the issue in the episode of The Last of Us, just giggling to myself as you as you guys all get wiped out, and then I live my best life, left completely alone. See that
0: the whole lesson was he wasn't completely alone, Bobby. He found a man to love him, and Bobby, I am that man to love you. Let me onto your compound.
1: <laughs> the first few minutes. Uh, representing the first few years after the uh, after the, the zombie apocalypse in that one. The the life that Nick Offerman leads in those first few years is my dream life. I will just say that right now.
0: Yes, but you would get lonely, yes, and, and eventually you'd have to let no, Damien... And you would get... La- I would have to be on your I would your get compound. to drive
1: every car. I would just go... I would test drive every single car that's ever been it, made. It, I'd be like, oh, a Testarossa. This is sweet.
0: It would be boring eventually, Bobby. And no, and you would crave would my company like Nick Offerman craved his husband. And guess what? No. We would have a dramatic fight. And we have had that dramatic fight. But replace having guests over to your compound with having me summon a dead scientist. That is the dramatic fight. <laughs> I'm summoning a dead scientist. And there's nothing you can do about it, I say, as I cattily walk away. <laughs>
1: Uh, so what is a genetic bottleneck? It's basically when an entire species diversity gets down to a few or some small number of individuals that if you think about like a wide range of species, right? Uh, most of them die out or theoretically it could also happen where most of them somehow become instantly infertile. And only a small group of what was what a much larger A traveling castrating
0: group, alien, like uh, yeah. a tr- like fucking scout team. <laughs> Well, we don't like this species. Let's castrate them all. We can't kill them. We're an advanced species. We don't believe in that.
1: Yeah. If there was like a extraterrestrial Bob Barker uh, (laughs) encouraging aliens to get humans spayed or neutered and they all came. Yeah, exactly. So like there is something that happens where a big, broad population gets narrowed down to just some amount, some smaller amount of breeding individuals that then basically make the next generation, and because of that, you have much less genetic diversity in those other groups. That is what a human genetic, or that's what a genetic bottleneck is. We've talked before about potential human genetic bottlenecks around 75,000 years ago, uh, also something that's found in the DNA, something that we're even now a lot more skeptical of. It may not have actually happened. That may have just been an artifact of of the way genes go, but there was this idea that 75,000 years ago we had a big explosion of volcano in Indonesia, and wiped out most of the population of human beings on Earth at that time, and a Small number of them, maybe a few thousand, then contributed to the next generation. But there are other known human genetic bottlenecks. We talked before about the Beringians coming into the New World, at least until they were joined by other groups also from that Northeast Asia area. That was a genetic bottleneck for that group of people. Polynesian islands, when they get founded, you know, uh, assuming there's not too much inner trade back and forth from old islands, they can become human genetic bottlenecks. But animals have them too. Damien mentioned a few. The cheetah absolutely has one. The European bison at one point in the early 1900s was down to 12, 12 individuals, uh, individuals of that species. And now all of them come from that 12. The northern elephant seal, that one was down to like Thirty, and they're now all the existing ones. I think there's hundreds of thousands. All come from those thirty that were left. The big one that I mentioned a few times is the golden hamster, which came from a single litter found in like the 1930s in Syria. Somebody brings them home. They start breeding. They use them for uh, experiments and blah blah blah. They become really popular. Now all of the golden hamsters, that all the hamsters you've ever fucking seen, came from this one litter from like the 1930s. There is a is there's just species no wild the-
0: population of this golden hamster. There that- is
1: a wild population that was almost completely wiped out huh. shortly after they were taken, basically. And I think there's there's some still left, but it's it's very, very sparse. Then there's the New Zealand black robin, in which the entire species basically almost went extinct in like the 70s or 80s and now every single one that's around is the descendant of a single female. So that's like a really ultimate genetic bottleneck where they are all they all had the same mom, basically, and that they all came back to that single one. Uh, we see them sometimes not seeing them happen in physical person, but we can see them in the genetic records. When we look at the genetic records of things like the giant panda or the snub-nosed monkey, they both show a severe genetic bottleneck around 43,000 years ago, for an event that we don't know about. We probably just assume now we see these two animals have, you know, something similar going on. There must have been some environmental event going on in that place 43,000 years ago to cause a genetic bottleneck in both of those species. So we can see different genetic bottlenecks in different animal species happen over time. Sometimes we see them actually happening. We've, we've had the ability to see a bunch because we've wiped out a ton of species in the last few hundred years. And sometimes we see them in the genetics of animals by looking at what's going on. And sometimes, by the way, they're done on purpose. Like, so in the case of, think of like uh, really selective dog breeders or horse breeders, you know, like Secretariat has kind of narrowed a bunch of genetic lineages of racing horses because so many people use that particular DNA. And while they're still interbreeding with other horses were you to exclude that as is the case in some dog breeders where they're like no we want this standard so we're only going to breed against certain ones that are in the same group oftentimes we can create genetic bottlenecks purposefully but a paper out this week suggests that there was a human genetic bottleneck in one of our ancestral species 930,000 to 813,000 years ago. It lasted for about 117,000 years, and they believe, according to the genetic data, that the population dropped to about 1,200 breeding individuals for that 117,000 years. So it was continually a very small breeding population, possibly from a giant global cooling event that was happening at that time. Now, let's get into that's interesting and it's sensational it made a bunch of news coverage the fact of the matter is they didn't do this using ancient dna which is how you would do this to a way that would be very that would be satisfying you'd be able to look at it and be like all right reddit (laughs) i did it they did it using modern dna and looking at modern dna and looking for signs of genetic (laughs) bottlenecks now that's not an invalid method, but there is so much breeding that has happened between our species with other species and stuff that has happened in the last million years that that's a really hard way to get an accurate representation. Even if they would have just used spe- uh, individuals DNA from individuals that were around you know, forty or 50,000 years ago, that would help narrow that down and make that more realistic. When you are looking at modern individuals, this was my main problem with this paper, it is very unlikely to spill out to spell out a genetic bottleneck that happened 900-some-odd thousand years ago in a totally different species to us. Um, There's just too much stuff that has happened in between that clouds up that data and makes it really, really hard to tell that. However, it doesn't make it really hard to write a paper saying this might be the case and then have every, like, news agency go on and say, yep, look, we all locked down to a 1,000 people for a 100,000 years a million years ago and have people go, oh, I see, this is crazy. I mean...
0: We have had a bottleneck though, haven't we? I mean, and humans, um, sure. uh, as a uh, Mestizo, a person of this world, of the new world, unlike you, um, I worry that it, that it has affected uh, my people in that um, all of the people of the new world, all of the people of North and South America are uh, uh, descendants of 300 survivors of Veringia, right?
1: That's what we think, but keep in mind that also as we've talked about, there was admixtures from East Asia at different times, the Dorset culture, the Inuit culture, also some individuals who probably made their way through. So we are a sexy people.
0: Was, people want to breed with us. That is That is
1: true. People will
0: travel all the way from the old world just just to get with this.
1: That's why they call it that new new. Yes.
0: This was the gold, the new the
1: gold of the new world. This ass. So this this study looked at modern genetic data from over 3,000 people in 10 different African populations and 40 European and Asian populations. They calculated the expected diversity of all of the different variants they were look at, looked at based on different hypothetical ancient populations. And what they found was that it coincided with the data that we see coincides with a popular, a possible population crash. Uh, among human ancestors. That was about 100,000 years long, starting around 900, some odd thousand years ago. Again, super hard to tell from modern DNA. This would be something you'd want to look at a lot of ancient DNA from. And by the way, when they say they looked at 3,000 people and 10 were from African populations and 40 were from European and Asian populations, already those are off considering we're an African species. You know, you can consider all non Africans basically, all non African human beings are basically just a subset of one particular African group of human beings. So if you really wanted to do something to look 900,000 years in the past, you would basically just look at Africans and different African genetic diversity throughout the continent. So there's a lot of reasons to be skeptical of this study, but... It is still a reasonable conclusion. We know there was a big cooling event at that time. It's not impossible that something like this happened, that we had a genetic bottleneck. It lasted some amount of time. Uh, The genetic data would seem to back that up, but not in any way that's super, super strong. Still really interesting to talk about these things. Damien, you you probably know this because I do this all the time. This is one of my favorite party tricks. I will ask somebody... He will uh, stick a
0: firecracker into his anus and then he'll ask the host of the party to light it.
1: And then I cough fire like a dragon. (laughs) While chugging a beer. (laughs) And seeing I get knocked down. (laughs) <laughs> what I do is I, I ask people this, like, hypothetical question, which is, let's say you are tasked with going back in time and saving the Earth. Like, the Earth is about to—this we this thing with Russia-Ukraine becomes the next world war. We're about to get a uh, big nuclear strike. We have one chance to go back in time and save the Earth. The way that the, that it works is you can bring anything you can fit into, like, a small—like, a short school bus, like, that size thing with you, including people— you know what? Do, what do you bring with you, and where do you go? And there's a lot of people who immediately go like, "Oh, I'm gonna go back and you know kill Hitler," which does they most people haven't thought that out. Like nobody here would exist if they did that, which is fine if that's your goal. Like if you go back in time and do anything. You, probably a lot of people aren't gonna exist, but like, is that really gonna solve things? There's probably actually gonna be as we've seen pre the war there's probably be more anti-semitism world war Two was actually like the biggest decline in anti-semitism because people are like oh man this shit is bad we shouldn't do it anymore uh, so like is that actually worse to the population in general and then like what does the modern world look like does that really solve anything or don't we have all of our same modern divisions and and uh you know uh, what does that also mean between scientific advancements that happen from world war Two, from anything from plastics to the space race and that goes away the, then you know maybe somebody like the Germans or the Russians are the ones who end up developing the bomb in the first place and becoming a totalitarian state. Like, does that really do that much? And if you look back at it, probably not. In fact, it might end up making things much, much worse. And my thing had always been, when we did assume that that genetic bottleneck took place 70,000 years ago, is you go back to that time, the human genetic bottleneck, where there's only a few thousand individuals, you use your technology to kind of impress upon them that you are a mighty, I don't know, god- Faux something, you give them a code to live by. And in turn, you give them crops and medicine and you raise their kids to be incredibly intelligent. The kids who which you you kind of let in on the secret. Hey, there's we're not some magic gods who just came from the future. Here's what you have to avoid. And the whole goal is you go back to a time when if you can talk to a thousand people, you can talk to everybody. Right. Like if any other time in history, you go back and you're like, I'm going to train all these people up on my cool crops and my good way of pacifism. Well, it doesn't matter because the people over the hillside are going to murder them once they get out of there. But if you could get everybody—if you go to a time that there's a couple thousand people on Earth—you can get everybody. You could convince them to your pacifistic ways, teach them, uh, you know, the last seventy thousand years of, of technological advancement, uh, give them a whole bunch of crops and seeds and shit like that, and start your your whole you know nonviolent pacifist utopia. Uh, now we don't necessarily think that happens, so my my whole How party is there trick is anti-Semitism
0: in this new world? What? They're <laughs> not even Jews. They're like like Judea. They, none of the none of the Abrahamic religions even exist why,
1: why why is this is that just a concept is
0: is horrible anti-semitism
1: what the fuck also this is the neolithic how did you manage to get a hold of a wife beater did you make that out of a deer hide <laughs> nice guns i'll give you that that's some... the sun is out those guns i guess should
0: be out <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I mean, um, uh, first off, I guess I could do any, you know, um, when I go back in time and I um, uh, 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 castrate or um, just uh, uh, what's that um, vasectomy. Uh, all of a uh, mm. species enough to, uh, uh like, a species that would eventually go on to dominate That's mankind. Right. On my way yeah. back, yes, I would, uh, I think your plan, you, I've actually listened to you go into detail of, like, how you're, like, you this would be your porn scenario. Like, you're, you're given a, oh, yeah. a genie
1: wish. And after I've your genie hours lore, what you need to wish for yeah. first, your second
0: wish would of be. Of course. Yes. Uh, to. No, uh,
1: I've, I've, I've spent hours. I've researched what. What caliber weapons I should bring in order to make sure to maximize space within the thing, what seeds I'll need to bring, all of that stuff. And you just gave me an idea, Damien, when you said, you know, what if we go back and cause a genetic bottleneck to the species that might dominate us? What if we were like a hundred years away from getting our ass kicked by elephant seals? And like somebody did this. Yes. And that's why we have the genetic bottleneck in elephant seals. Yes. that I, I've been thinking about
0: this whole like sci fi plot because like basically, like a lot of like uh, really good sci fi movies is you take like kind of an action movie premise, but you like really dumb it down and make it realistic. You take away all the sensationalism. So like an alien mm. race wouldn't go back in time and like try to blow up, you know, our, you know, George Washington or something, right? They would probably yeah. just go back to the time when like these monkeys were just running around and just like shoot them with some yeah. testicle exploding ray. And uh, yeah <laughs> some humane testicle exploding.
1: <laughs> I like the idea in the alternate version of history. Like at some point, like elephant seals—I don't know—maybe they combine with AI or something. But there's some kind of leap where elephant seals become our dominant masters, and they are brutal masters. So let me tell you, Damien, these guys—they don't care about running over their kids on the beach. They're not going to care about us. And so, uh, so some like John Connor-esque guy was sent to save humanity from them. Went back to the early 1900s and started like the elephant seal hunting industry in order to knock their population down and give us the world we currently live in. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, I'm trying to like think of like some scenario where like some sumo, like in this movie, this in this in this, like some sumo tries to go tummy to tummy with one of these elephant seals and they're doing that clash and of course it's... Oh yeah, li- that's, in
1: the, that's definitely in the beginning where you see all the mounds of skulls and stuff, like you see how it got there and there was definitely a sumo. Oh, and you know what? The elephant seals were doing it by sea, but they teamed up with the cheetahs for land and the cheetah's <laughs> speed was what got us. Yeah, I, can, I I love it. I love it.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. The scene from Terminator Two. You know, remember where Arnold Schwarzenegger goes back into the biker bar naked? Yeah. Well, okay. The elephant seal goes back in time. It's in it, it in like in like a Osaka, Japan, outside of a famous sumo
1: school. Yeah. <laughs> your t- your thong and toga. I need it. Oh uh, dear. On to article number two, how to beat blood cancer. I think I heard um like there was a president
0: once who said that you could just put bleach in your body and, and and it's and it's like the most powerful office with the best people around sure and so I have to imagine if you could use uh, bleach I think it was to kill a deadly like pandemic virus at the time if you could use that uh, I would imagine it would also work on blood cancer because blood cancer hates bleach
1: I had the idea that if you ever wanted to do it like let's say you really wanted to run a scam charity you're like listen we got we got something it's going to completely destroy blood cancer like we we have figured it out we just need a little bit more funding you do a couple of jogathons whatever you raise a few million dollars and then you go we did it we're announcing tomorrow the defeating of of uh, blood cancer and then you you hold a staged WWE style wrestling match where one of the guys comes out as the character Blood Cancer and he gets destroyed by your character who's like I don't know diet and exercise and 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 then he ends up taking out Blood Cancer you announce to everybody look I told you exactly what I was going to do by the way I'm keeping the money uh, thank you, we've defeated blood cancer together. He rips off a
0: mask, it's Vince McMahon the whole time.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, he conned us again, he conned America again! This is, like, at least the 12th most immoral thing you've done, Vince.
0: Oh, uh, that's okay, I, I did like when John Cena, the special uh, guest appearance by John Cena, that was pretty cool.
1: Uh, dear, so... A uh, super interesting article about a two-pronged approach to beating most blood cancers. And by the way, I wanted to highlight this one because that last article we talked about, it actually got a decent amount of coverage about the you know possible human genetic bottleneck 900,000 years ago. And as we just talked about, that's highly speculative, not a ton of data backing it up, versus this, which is actually like a seriously important and interesting article that I can almost promise you, even though our audience who is more scientifically literate than the average person, I can almost promise you, you did not hear about this publication.
0: I'm, I am I mean, it's just crazy to me that there's a s- article that's based on kind of nothing, but like it's, it's, it only would have been published in nerdy ass magazines, which tells me that there's still like, kind of like this sensation clickbait sensationalism, even in like nerdy ass magazines to prey
1: on. Oh, there definitely is the dumb
0: of the sm- the dumbest of the smart. I guess like the yeah, people well, with the one they want to they want to
1: grab the they want to grab the attention of science writers. That's, that tends to be a big deal. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of things get blown up. So this is a, this particular article is super interesting. It's about a two pronged approach to beating most blood cancers. And it uses CAR T cells, which we've talked about before on the show. So specifically CAR T cells are ce- uh, so <laughs> they article. believe their They're cells that are engineered to carry a synthetic receptor on their surface that recognizes a specific protein or antigen on cancer cells. And once CAR T cells are infused into a patient's bloodstream, they kill cancer cancer cells sporting that antigen, unquote. So basically, these are genetically modified cells that we can use to direct at specific types of cancer. And we have used these before. We've talked about these, I think, about a half a dozen times. Really, really interesting for certain types of blood cancers. But they almost they only work in very specific types of blood cancer. What we wanted to be able to do is expand CAR T cells to be able to work with basically all blood cancers, because if you can just give somebody an injection of basically a form of immune cell that was gonna go and beat their cancer up, well fuck, you just had a great cure for cancer. You have totally wipe that out, which we are starting to see, by the way, in certain types of blood cancers in which CAR T cells are able to fight. They are incredibly good at it, as many immune systems uh, therapies are. Is a blood cancer
0: like a cancer of the marrow? Is it a cancer? Because your, your blood, I'm just. Sometimes
1: just... the red blood cells. So there's like leukemia and, and there's a few of them. And it, and they're usually cancers of specific types of cells that are within your blood oftentimes like red blood cells heme carrying cells you're gonna uh sometimes even things like t cell systems and stuff you can get cancerous you, you can essentially have out of control growth and, and uh, this is a serious question but like like uh because
0: like obviously if it was just this simple it wouldn't work but if it's just a, a, a cancer that's confined to your blood cells it's just impossible to transfuse enough blood get enough new blood in there yeah. to to replace exactly. what's okay
1: it's 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 like trying to, if you dipped dye into a barrel of water, trying to pull the dye out without pulling the water out and stuff. And so it becomes it becomes very, very difficult to treat because you can't have surgery like you would with a normal type of cancer to just remove the, and excise the tumor and stuff. And then you can't target your specific radiation to a specific place or your chemo to a specific place. That's why a lot of times blood cancers like leukemia can be really, really hard to treat. With enough backward
0: pressure, like, I mean, just, just my, my, mind, like, if you just were like, 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 sure. like, ter- like, like uh, if you were, there was some sort of like uh blood uh, hose, like some, some type, you select a uh-huh. type type, you you select what type of uh, blood it is, bam, you turn to the hose, you, you hook it up to, you know, you just screw it on. Uh, it's, it's not a regular IV. This is like a hose IV. Mm-hmm. It's like an outdoor hose attachment. Sure. Okay. And the goal is to just to just turn it on and just blast all the old blood out. And then you keep going. You, you turn it off for like 30 minutes. And then, right. and then you turn it off. I think we're just, we just don't have enough blood yet because the vampire president hasn't taken over.
1: Imagine the barrel with the water with the dye in it. Even if you got all the blood, if you took all the blood out, you know, the barrel, i.e. the person dies. So you got to replace it with, Blood as you go in, and then how are you filtering which is the good blood and bad blood once it's in your system mixed together? That,
0: that's that's the, you're just turning on the ho- you like you're blasting all that like it's all you just mm-hmm. that's why you need like to you can't just like turn it on for like twenty minutes. You, this might have to be like an no. all day thing where blood is rapidly leaving the body and entering the body. And yeah, with dye you gotta you you gotta keep it going for a bit. It's it, you're right. You're only you're taking percentages. <laughs> it's like the
1: opposite of homeopathy.
0: You have to like get it out. like
1: that. I will check on uh, blood flushing technology, and I'll get back to you on it. I'm just saying that the old-timey alchemist doctors with leeches were onto something. That's all I'm saying so the idea is if we can target a specific so right now they target like specific proteins so one of the ideas is can we target a protein that would get more of these blood cancers more than just the four that they're good for right now and the the candidate the ideal candidate would be a protein called CD45 but the problem is that CD45 protein it's also found on normal blood forming stem cells so it's not just cancerous cells and so the the question is you know how do you create some car t cells that go after cd45 and take out all the blood cancers if that same thing that you created would if those same car t cells would then attack your own body then it's no good you've essentially created an autoimmune disease so what do you do and this crew did something super interesting and like don't look at this to be a rush treatment because it's pretty intense but they basically found a way to genetically tweak our own existing cells, and again, these are in mouse models and stuff so far, but the uh, the the animal's own existing cells that show the CD45, they tweaked them so they didn't show that same CD45, so first you do genetic therapy on the individual to change the cells in their body, the naturally occurring normal cells of their body, to not display this protein, and then you give them the CAR-T that's set to go for CD45, and it wipes out all the blood cancer, and then it leaves the body alone because the body is not displaying it. It's been modified enough. It doesn't display the CD45 on its normal cells. So this is fucking insane. Like, I'm not sure if I'm expressing how crazy it is uh, as to what they're doing. It's basically like, hey, this disease... We have a tool that'll fight it, except it, it fucks, it removes your fingers. So, like, you know, the problem is if we give you this this uh, this medicine, it'll remove your fingers. And, yeah, it'll kill your disease, but it'll remove your fingers. And then some genius is like, I know what we'll do. Before we give you the, the treatment, we'll go in and change all your fingers. You won't have any fingers anymore. They'll all be hooks, but uh, you'll get to keep them after the disease. Then we give you the, the <laughs> fucking special medicine. It wipes out your disease, and you just have your hooked fingers, and you're fine. I think having no fingers would be better
0: than having hook fi- fingers. Are we talking like blade, like like these are combat fingers, or do I just have fingers that are locked into an arthritic position? Because I would still be able to function as mm. a lover, as a husband, yeah. with with nubs. But I feel like Wolverine-style uh, fishing hooks on my on my hands would be an impediment to everyday life.
1: No, sorry, I was meaning that each of your fingers would represent Robin Williams playing Peter Pan. Oh well then, <laughs> I'll have
0: a fantastic Dustin Hoffman mustache to go with <laughs> it. Oh, and that, your, that method certainly seems a lot less traumatic than my hose method. Um, so I'm willing to I'm willing to explore
1: it. It's just such a fucking crazy world. And by the way, if you are a up and coming like sci fi writer, Damien mentioned sci fi earlier. If you're an up and coming sci fi writer, take notes on this fucking article because I can't think of a better article as the basis for some horrible genetic experiment that causes, like, monsters or something. You're like, all right, well, listen, we're trying to cure this disease. First, we need to change the way your body, you know, manifests proteins on cell surfaces so that the, the thing will, won't hurt you when you're curing your cancer, and that's what turns you into a fucking werewolf. That's the story right there. Yeah. It, it, we, just, we just made them sensitive to, I guess, people with this
0: dis- disorder, uh, with with the the genes that we put in there, are sensitive to moonlight, I guess. But and that's bam. That's how it happens. And then a, and then a dog has to sneeze, in in the, uh,
1: <laughs> in the petri dish that they're doing. The dog sneezes <laughs> on the moonlight sensitive genes, which we then inject into a guy whose name is like Lupine von wolfenstosh It's if It was. It's as as if it was written by Carl Sagan himself. It's it's airtight. <laughs> super interesting i mean i this this, when i was reading this article it was blowing my mind because i was like i need to check the date and make sure it's not april 1st because this is one of those that's like you did what you 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 fucking changed the displayed proteins on the surface of a bunch of native cells in the body of an animal in order to wipe out all cancerous cells that had that same surface protein this is fucking crazy All right, thank you, audience, for coming back to Science Faction 675, where you learned all about how all humans almost died out a million years ago. Maybe. And an amazing new process that might spell the end to all blood cancers. Thanks so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 676.
0: You've been listening to Science Faction. Wait, that's not right.